Welcome to Truth Time, where you'll get a shot of the truth with no chaser. And now your Truth Time host, Trey Searcy. Hey, Trey. I was wondering, the question I had was, when Paul was mentioning uh, what he mentioned in Romans chapter 10 uh, about confessing with the, the mouth and believing in the heart, he was already, like the dispensation of grace had already began, and that was no longer a means of, you know, salvation uh, for anyone, whether Jew or Gentile. So I was wondering, why did he mention it as if it was? Uh, do you have your uh, Bible there, or are you just, uh, are you at work or something? Yeah, I, I'm actually, you know what I'm about to do? Because I'm, I'm about to pull over so we can have this conversation. Yeah, I'm about to pull, I'm about to pull over. I'm about to make a turn right now because uh, I've been waiting for this. I do want to say, man, I appreciate all that you do for the for the body of Christ, man. The teachings and uh, I, I I I praise the Lord for for the work He's been able to do in you because you've enlightened me on a lot of different things. Actually, my brother, you took a call from my brother before, D'Amico, uh, and he told you about his brothers he had that were incarcerated. Yes, I don't know I if you remember that, but I sure I'm do. One of them. Okay, and you're one of them. Well, it's great to hear from you, man. Great to hear from yes, you. Yes, yes. Okay. So, all right, I'm pulled over now. So I, I got the scriptures ready and everything. And you'll have to tell D'Amico I said hello. He's right here, actually. Okay. Well, hello, D'Amico. Uh, all right, let's get into it here. Uh, why did Paul mention confession? Uh, he says in verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved that they might be saved. And in verse 2, he says, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge, for uh, they, for they. So the who here is his brethren in the flesh, Israel. Paul was an Israelite. So uh, were they believers in Christ being the Son of God, the Messiah? And of course, as you know, the answer is no. So he's starting out trying to get them to first believe that Christ is who he said he is. There's really no use in speaking to someone about the gospel if the someone doesn't recognize Christ as being who he says he is. So if we come to verse 9 and Paul says uh, to unbelieving Israelites, he says they need to confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus. He's not saying, hey, once you confess that, you're saved. No, but in order for them to believe that Christ died and was resurrected, in order for them to believe Paul's, my gospel, they must first confess that the Lord Jesus is who he says he is. When I go and witness to people as a minister of reconciliation, I wouldn't waste my time telling them about Paul's gospel if they didn't believe Christ was who he says he is. I would first take them to the verses to prove that, and then I would move on to expressing to them about the finished cross work of Christ. Okay, so when he says that if we confess with our mouth, I see what you're saying because the person has to first believe it before they can confess it. Yeah, that's why Paul, if you think about it, you know, when he was commissioned, Acts chapter 9, 
He wasn't just commissioned to the, the Gentiles. He was also commissioned to kings and to children of Israel. And Paul would enter into a city. Where's the first place he would go? The synagogue. Well, what did he go there for? Because they're unbelievers. They're unbelievers there. Did he go in there and start telling them, hey, all right, I'm going to stand up and speak here real quick. Hey, guys, Christ died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. I need you to, by faith, by grace through faith, believe that and be saved. They're going to be like, "Uh, what are you talking about? We don't even believe that this man Jesus is who you say he is. So so he has to take care of that business first. So the first thing Paul did in the synagogue was to convince them with their scriptures that Christ was the Son of God. Okay, I, I, I see what you're saying. And, and I ask that question because there are, uh, you know, there are a lot of, you know, areas that a lot of ministers in the body of Christ have left great. And, you know, one of those things being that, hey, we're saved by grace, not of works, but, hey, you got to say this prayer or you got to say this. Mm-hmm. And, you so, know, like some of your uh, prior messages say, and I agree with, no, that, that, that can't be so without directly contradicting Paul's gospel. So, you know, I asked that question uh, so that I could be better equipped, you know, to respond, you know, and, and as I continue to study to be able to respond to these questions because, uh, you know, these are good questions. And, you know, and uh, we have to be we have to be equipped with that. And, and that's a very, for me, it's been very tough answering it because, because how it was written, and I was just like, man, let me ask Trey, man. Like, let me ask Trey, see if he, if he can, uh, can, can, can help give me some enlightenment. But I, I see what you're saying, that before you can even be saved, you have to first acknowledge. I, I get that. That does make sense. It, it, it actually does make It makes a lot of sense, naturally. That's what they needed to do. And, and, and this still holds true to, uh, for today, as I said earlier. If you, if you met a, a Jewish person today who, and there's even non-Jews that don't believe Christ is the Son of God. So you need them to confess it first, and then we can go on. Uh, and it makes sense because at that time, it wasn't like they were ignorant. They were just unbelieving. That's like, right. They knew, about, they knew about it. It wasn't like they were hearing the message for the first time. These were people who chose to ignore that message. So in order for them to be saved, they would have first to have acknowledged that they were wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I, I get that. That makes a lot. That makes complete sense. Amen. I agree. Uh, and my my second question was was a very simple one concerning tongues. Uh, so, because uh, I was listening to your series uh, with my brother Nico, and uh, he was making some really good points. And I had some. Uh, I had uh, one. I really only had one question, and that was when Paul talked about tongues. In Corinthians, he said that when uh, a man speaks in tongues, no man understandeth. But in the book of Acts, when they spoke, spoke in tongues, man understood it. So it, it, it seems to be different because when they spoke in tongues, these other Jewish people who, who, who came, they, they heard. They understood it. But when Paul talked about a person speaking in tongues, he said nobody understands. So that's where I will, I will say that there seems to be a difference there. And I kind of want to see what you could, you know, what would your take be on that uh, and explaining that, especially towards, you know, people who still do believe that tongues are are for today. Okay, let me see if I got it, got this straight. So you're saying that you believe there is a, um, a heavenly tongue because Paul spoke of a tongue that no man understands 
and you're basing that on um, Acts 2, where they did understand that tongue. Uh, in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, they did not, right? Yeah. It's because in Acts 2 is when the gift of tongues was given. Right. Remember there, they were all amazed at how these these men uh, were able to communicate Jesus to them in their own language. So the gift was given, right. the perfect gift from God was at that time given in its perfection. Okay. But by the time we get over here into 1 Corinthians chapter 14, man's had a chance to come in with his dirty, filthy hands and screw everything up. Paul's now having to write them a letter of correction. They were allowing people into their assemblies to speak out without someone interpreting what was being said. It was total chaos. Total chaos. Uh, Understandably so, since Corinth was a seaport city where people came from all over. And there would have been all sorts of languages being spoken and dialects. So Paul got wind of this, and he wrote them back to tell them how this was supposed to be, how it was supposed to operate correctly and in order. You know, as he said there, Later on in the chapter, let all things be done in decency and in order. So he's given them an orderly fashion of how to do this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 there, um, which is the verse I think you're speaking of, verse 2, Paul, mm-hmm. Paul says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Well, let me ask you this. Does God understand all earthly languages? Yes. Of course. Then why must this be a heavenly language? Right. Say you visit a Spanish-speaking church this Sunday, and you stand Mm -hmm. up and you begin to speak in English. No one there understands you. So... We could read that verse and say, Jarel speaketh in an unknown English tongue, and he speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no Spanish-speaking man here understandeth him. To them, it would be a mystery language, which is what the rest of the verse says. He speaketh in the Spirit, he speaketh mysteries. So so my, my question would be, you know, in just utilizing the... The, the allegory that you gave with me speaking English in a Spanish-speaking church. Well, so, for example, like, say, if I'm speaking that, and you say I'm speaking in tongue, uh, it's not going to, it's not going to, they're not going to be able to interpret it. So, if we look at the context of Scripture, even, say, we were talking about back then, Holy Spirit would not have influenced anybody to speak in the tongue without desiring that an interpretation be given. So, like, to, to be in a place where uh, where tongues is being spoken and then people not getting an interpretation that wouldn't have been of of, of Holy Spirit back then. So so what, what I'm saying is this that any tongue that would have been spoken is for the purpose of interpretation. It's not just to be spoken so people can hear it and well, not understand you, you, it. You first have to realize what tongues are if they're a language. And as I said, you're in a seaport city where there's all kinds of languages being spoken then people are coming in and speaking and causing chaos. So I'm having trouble following 
exactly what you're saying here. Like if you're a visitor speaking in an unknown tongue, you would only edify yourself. If you would speak to God, he would understand you, but the per- anybody there in attendance could receive no edification whatsoever unless there be an interpreter. Right. And now, so, okay. so with that, what were you, I missed, I missed, I'm sorry, I missed exactly your point there. I, 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 see, I see what you're saying. I, I, I see what you're saying. You're saying that due to the environment that they were in, they were dealing with a bunch of diverse languages in that area. And because of that, people were coming in and speaking these different languages and without an interpreter, mm-hmm. uh, they That's were only right. speaking to God. Nobody could understand them. So as we continue in uh, in verse 2, so uh, as you said, there these are these people who are coming in and they're speaking these these natural, these earthly languages. Mm-hmm. And they're coming to this place and causing confusion. But uh, the latter part of verse 2 says, how be it in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So if they're just coming in and just speaking these natural languages, how is it that they are also simultaneously speaking mysteries? It's a mystery because no one's going to understand it. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. So God understands, I don't care what language I'm speaking, God would understand it, even though the people there in the Corinthian church that didn't speak that particular language, it would be a mystery to them. It wouldn't edify anybody. There would be no edification going on there, because it would be a mystery unless someone would interpret that tongue. Okay. That that makes, that makes, that has a level of sense to it. I, I, I understand that. If you could put this on YouTube so I can go back and like meditate on it, and, and, and just ponder on it because, or if you can put it on the podcast or whatever, so I can come back and, and meditate on it because a lot of yeah. what you said, you know, obviously when, when it comes to renewing of the mind, it's going to contradict, you know, a lot of what you heard. And I, I want to be able to digest it. Uh, but everything that you said, it, 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 it makes sense, especially when you utilize the uh, historical context. Thank you, man. I appreciate you, Trey. For my last question, uh, for information, uh, like, do you guys, like, you know, obviously you guys don't take tithes, but uh, <laughs> uh, far as, like, donations and things like that, because I believe in what you guys are uh, are, are pouring into the body of Christ, and I, I would love to be a part of it if I could. To donate? Yeah. We do have people that um, do so into the, into the ministry, uh, you know, just out of appreciation of this grace message. So we'll get you that. And, uh, and you were saying your brother, D'Amico, uh, turned you on to Truth Time. How long has how long ago has that been? So that was back in 2020. He was like he would like play your videos, like hand write what you said, pause it, play it, and like he'll, he'll, he'll like transcribe the whole message, like sometimes 10, 20 minute videos, and send it to us, man. And uh, it was just so appreciated because in that place we were, uh, you know, we were seeking. And being incarcerated, everything is work-based because you have to show that you deserve to come home, right? You have to you have to show certain behavior. So religion is, is very, very prevalent in, in those environments because a person is now believing that what they do is going to affect concerning early release and things like that. And, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, receive that teaching 
that uh, my brother transcribed from True Time Radio and was able to get an understanding that not only is, you know, my salvation based upon nothing that I've done, but by faith alone, I began to be able to believe that if that, if, if I was saved by grace through faith, you know, then surely uh, anything else that I'm believing God for is going to be by Jesus' merit as well. You know, since then, I've been able just to see a lot of undeserved things happen in my life. I was released seven years early. And it, it, it started with me changing the way I thought about how God was moving in my life. I began to, to look at Jesus and say, surely there's nothing I can do that can ever be greater than what you've done. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing to place my faith in you alone, not only for my salvation, but for everything. And now that's, that's, that's what my faith is. For business, uh, I've been able to start a moving company. I've been able to move into a lot of different uh, atmospheres and environments, not based upon what I deserve or what I earn. But it's really been just because of, uh, of Jesus Christ, man. And I, and I praise God uh, for that. And I, I praise God for the work he's been able to do uh, through, uh, through you, Trey, and everybody else who, who helps support and, and makes True Time Radio uh, available to us. Oh, that's that's a, a powerful testimony that should be shared. Uh, it changes the dome. It changes. It's from the top down. It's it's the thinking yeah. of a man. It's not the doing of a man. That's what religion has taught us wrongly, falsely. That it starts yeah. with the physical and then works into the mind. No, it yeah. comes. From the mind. So we get it in the mind by Romans through Philemon and this beautiful grace message, and then it works out through us in the physical sense. It's not cart before horse as religion has it. Amen. To be honest, it, 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 it began, you know, being able to, to be home and have the convenience of a, a rewind button. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's awesome, man. And uh, we've been able to play your videos and and pause them and open up the scriptures and, and have conversations. And, and, and it's just been, it's been truly edifying. Yeah. You know, you just spoke of something I, we hear from on a, a, a regular basis. People do that very thing. Um, and that is play the videos or the audios and then stop it and have group discussions. And that has seemed to work well for many different people that we've heard from all around the the world and it's interesting what you said take me back now you said uh, your brother D'Amico while you were incarcerated would sit and take the time and transcribe because you couldn't have you couldn't listen to truth time right is that what you're saying yes he transcribed uh the truth about John 316 he he transcribed uh uh our sins being uh uh, is God still forgiving sins? Something along those lines, I remember. Yes. Uh, uh, you came out of Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses uh, 18 through 21. Right. Uh, he, he sent uh, about the tithes. He sent, like, he sent us about seven of your messages that he hand, hand transcribed. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, I appreciate and I tell him this all the time, man. Still and, and, and even now he still transcribes for our, uh, for our other brother who's on his way home. Mm. Uh, but I tell him this, uh, and I want to tell him this, you know, for the for the world to see, man. I appreciate you, man. Uh, I thank you for being the uh, the big brother, the older brother that you that you were supposed to be in so mm-hmm. many different areas, but especially in the in the areas that pertain to our spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. He handwritten handwritten those things, and it it, it 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 transformed everything. Yes, man. We appreciate you, man. Thank you, Trey, man. I I, I praise God, man. Thank you. 
Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Man, thank you. Well, thank you, guys. It's been uh, nice speaking with you. We look forward to working with you further in the future. And uh, we're going to be looking to set up some some uh, meet and greets. And so uh, we'll make sure and put you on our mailing list. We've already done some. And when we do more, we'll uh, some of our new ones, we'll put you on the list and see if you guys can make it out and uh, visit with us. Absolutely. Yes, man. That's done. That's already done. Where are Absolutely. you? Where are you guys listening from? Akron, Ohio. Okay. Okay. I used to be on a, a country music radio station there on Sunday mornings. Yep. I remember. I remember. We've had a, a lot of listeners that found us. Uh, we were the only 30-minute time slot uh, for the entire seven days a week. They're stuck in Sunday morning for 30 minutes preaching grace, and we heard from so many people. We even had a, uh, a guy who was with a motorcycle group there that um, got saved and, and started putting up signs about truth time on motorcycle trails, and, or motor, motorcycle routes, I should say, so that other, others could find us. Oh, wow. I think, you, I, I, think I remember uh, listening to one of those. Uh, you played the you played the song and it was about uh, rightly dividing. I think it was, I think it was called he learned to rightly divide the, the the word. I remember you sang it. Oh yeah, that's another guy. That's uh, yeah yeah. I remember that song. <laughs> yeah, we've had we've had all kinds, man. We I mean that's what this grace message does. It doesn't constrain and it doesn't put these people in into groups that you know are somebody we should not associate with and all that it's, it's bringing people together and it's not it doesn't matter where you're from you know what your history is no one here is judging you on that we just we do judge we judge doctrine that's what we judge and we do that by utilizing god's rightly divided word of truth but other than outside of that we're not here to judge we're not here to judge in in any way amen yes yes and God straighten, straightens us out in His Word, in His time. You know, not everybody changes immediately. And some of us still hadn't changed fully. We still struggle. And we're working, though, and we're, we're heading toward a destination. That's what it's all about. And we're doing it Amen. through grace. Amen. Yes. Yes. It's, it, it, grace is so... It, it's crazy because a lot of religious people feel like it's very dangerous. But when you get more and more, like, bold in grace, you ever say some things and be like, man, I can't believe I said that because it's, it's true. Like, for example, I had told somebody, I said, man, grace isn't a license to sin. You know, person Ben had a license to sin, but 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 grace is God saying, I'm going to love you until you get tired of doing it. I'm going to, I've already <laughs> forgiven you. I'm still going to be a part of your life. You're still going to be my son. It, it's just crazy because when you share that with people, my fiance family, you know, they disagree with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I probably shouldn't have said that. You know, I probably get in trouble for that, but <laughs> she still love me. But uh, yeah, man, I've been persecuted on so many levels because of this grace message, and it, it's a message that you can't be shy about. Like you can't like tiptoe around grace because it mm-hmm. is what it is. That's right. You know, grace is grace, man. It's unmerited. It's undeserved. It's what God has done. He's laid my judgment upon Jesus. Mm. Period. Every judgment that I ever deserved has been laid upon the body of Jesus. I've been crucified with him, mm-hmm. I've died with him, I've been buried with him, I've risen with him, and I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So mm. it's already done. It's the only way I go to hell is if he's kicking people out of heaven. That's right. 
you know, and I learned that when it comes to this message about you have to be bold, you can't tiptoe around it. It's rare that you win people over to grace. They just like they'll argue it with you up and down, and it's just hard to get a person to just say, you know what, you're right. I was wrong about it, and it's few people who are just just honest and will say mm-hmm. that. But man, trade man, most of the time, like ninety percent of the time, I'm sharing these these verses. A lot of which, you know, that uh, you help enlighten me on, uh, such as Second Corinthians chapter five, verse eighteen uh, through twenty one, about God already forgiving uh, everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they see it, and they still choose to. They just won't receive it, man. And it doesn't matter what the scriptures say. They just won't receive it. That's right. And all you can do, though, is continue to seed plant. Just keep planting those seeds. And you were talking about not tiptoeing around it, and you're so correct. Uh, You have to be bold, as was Paul. Paul said, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So, like for your fiancé's family, uh, take them for example, they see it as for the law of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. You see, that's the religious system, that's the religious structure that has been set up in twistianity, and it's self-serving. But Paul said, the law is not here any longer. We are not under that law, for we are under the grace of God that has brought salvation, that has appeared to unto all men. And then he goes on to tell you, not that law can teach you to deny ungodliness. Not that law can teach you to deny worldly lust. The law never helped us to deny ungodliness. It never helped us to deny worldly lust. Actually, for me, it made it even more attractive. Absolutely, yeah. It was understanding grace that has now allowed the word to go to work and work effectually through me. Not law. Law never did that. It just stirred up sinful passions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, correct. Religions have this backwards yeah they do they do they do it's it's weird because you know this person is miserable but yet they still desire to i'm like bro you know you're miserable man like you don't have to be you don't have to you know i love i love no you don't it's no you cannot love condemnation you can't love that feeling man of Mm -hmm. of of feeling like you have to compete and and complete it every single day like you can't love that feeling and, and, and they just want it's so much pride Self-righteousness is like foolishness and pride mixed together. Absolutely. Well, listen, brother, I've enjoyed our conversation. You've brought a lot to the table. I hope you continue to do so as a minister of reconciliation. God's going to do a work in you through his word of truth, rightly divided. And we're here for you, man. We're here for you and to support you any way we can. You've got an open line there to get with us. So uh, call us anytime. Thank you, man. I do not take that lightly. I appreciate you so much. Thank you, Trey. God bless you. God bless everybody behind the scenes with True Time Radio. We appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Got a Bible question? Call toll-free 1-888-988-9562. Email us at 
truthtimeradio.com. Until next time, remember, when a man who is honestly mistaken hears the truth, he will either quit being mistaken or cease to be honest. Truth.